Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to the program, Thursday night edition of the program. Our telephone number, if you want to join us, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And there's a, a new poll out from the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen. Listen to this, one in five Democrats, last I checked, that's 20%, uh, want Donald Trump permanently imprisoned, exiled, and convicted over election fraud. Uh, but that's not the only poll that's out there, right? There's another poll out there that says the same number, uh, 20%, believe uh, that they've committed some sort of election fraud. Yeah, how about that? Um, this is a, a new poll, again, from Heartland Institute. And um, remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable to see this stuff the way that things are coming out. The um, the number to me is interesting because as as time goes on, it's, it's um, let me see the way to say this. They believe that there was some sort of fraud with mail-in voting. And you're talking about 20% of participants in the poll believe this. <clears throat> 21% actually. Um, right. So one in five voters who cast mail in ballots during the 2020 presidential election admit to participating in at least one kind of voter fraud, according to this new poll conducted by Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute. Now, specifically, 21 percent of mail in voters admitted they filled out a ballot for a friend or a family member. Nineteen percent of mail in voters admitted that a friend or family member filled out a ballot on their behalf. 17% of mail-in voters admitted that they voted in a state where they were no longer a permanent resident. Listen to that. 17% of mail-in voters admitted to voting in a state other than the state they live in. I've never voted in a state I don't live in. I, I, I find that remarkable that number's that high. Anyway, uh, a state that they no longer live in. Let me see where they're not a permanent resident. And then 17 percent of mail-in voters said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member without their permission. Each of these instances under the law is considered voter fraud. Now, uh, taking only the first instance, that means 21 percent of all mail-in ballots were fraudulent in 2020. 
Uh, however, it's important to note that this number was likely much higher because the survey questions were not mutually exclusive. Though there's uh, some crossover between the categories, some voters committed fraud by filling out a ballot for a friend or a family member, while an entirely different subset of voters committed fraud by casting mail-in ballots in a state in which they weren't uh, a resident anymore. So using only the most conservative estimate of 21%, the number of fraudulent ballots is still astronomically high. Uh, According to election data, 43% of 2020 voters cast ballots by mail. That's a huge number. By far the largest percentage in U.S. history. 21% of that 43% of of the mail-in voters, it yields approximately 9%. So according now to the Cook Political Report, Um, Let me see, 158,397,726 votes were cast for Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or another candidate in 2020. That was the entire voting universe. Taking 9% of the total voting universe means that more than 14 uh, million ballots cast in 2020 were fraudulent based on this survey data. Isn't that, that's a whole lot of votes. Again, this is just the most conservative estimate. The total number of fraudulent ballots was likely much higher. How about that? I think that's a a fascinating analysis and fascinating um, poll uh, information coming from Heartland and Rasmussen. Uh, Something that we haven't heard before, at least with concrete numbers, that you're talking about one in five voters say that they committed some sort of voter fraud. Whether it was something, you know, uh, what many, I think of many of us would consider to be minuscule, right? I think most of us would say, nah, that's, you know, that's not a big deal. You know, you're helping grandma fill out her, her thing. And if grandma, you want me to sign her for you? Huh? Sign what? There's no signs here. Yeah. <laughs> grandma, you want me to say, no, 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 I'm going to have turkey for dinner. You know, and somebody ends up signing grandma's ballot and putting it in the mail. Um, is, is it fraud? I mean, yeah, of course, legally it is. But um, are people doing that? Yeah, of course they're doing that. So it's just fascinating, though, when you, when you consider all of that stuff and, and people voting. You know, Where do you live? Oh, I live in New York. Where are you voting? Oh, Utah. What? Say who? How does that work? So uh, I just found that to be very eye-opening. Very, very eye-opening indeed. And um, here's another good one, another poll. There's a morning consult poll. It's got Trump beating Biden in seven swing states. Listen to this one. Former, Fres- uh, former President Donald Trump leading President Joe Biden by an average of 5% among registered voters in a hypothetical matchup in seven swing states. These states will likely determine the outcome of next year's presidential election. It's the uh, latest sign of precariousness for Biden's 24 re-election campaign. And the poll was released by Morning Consult on behalf of Bloomberg News uh, this morning showed that Trump is beating Biden 47% to 42% in all of the swing states combined. For each specific uh, state, Trump continues to dominate Biden. Uh, In Arizona, he leads by three points. In Georgia, by seven points. In Michigan, by four points. In Nevada, by five points. In North Carolina, by 11 points. In Pennsylvania, by one point. And in Wisconsin, by six points. Now, I got to tell you, all of those seem to be um, um, leads that can be tightened, right? We're talking about a one-point lead, a seven-point lead. These are leads that that 
you know, with a couple of good days of advertising, you know, some trash Trump news and a couple of things, uh, you know, we released, I don't know, 47 million barrels of petroleum to bring down the gas price under three bucks and boom, you get a little popularity boost and there you start to tighten stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> by no means is, uh, is this a runaway uh, election by any means to a competitive race. But interesting to see this Washington Examiner article uh, citing the um, the morning consult poll. And uh, the other one from Yahoo Finance was the um, Rasmussen and Heartland Institute poll. Uh, two very, very good articles here. I'll, I'll tweet them out a little bit, plus uh, some information about tonight's show, which I haven't tweeted out just yet. And uh, I meant to do that. <clears throat> anyway, we're going to get into a few different things tonight. Uh, I want to get into a, a conversation on, well, there's a few things. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is what we talked about yesterday as it was happening, right? We had some audio of Hunter Biden saying lots of things that he said in a press conference outside of Capitol Hill. Well, it turns out um, that a lot of people just don't believe Hunter Biden. Right? <laughs> I'm not alone. You're not alone. There's a lot of people that are doubting what he has to say. So we're going to speak with um, one of the uh, attorneys general uh, from Indiana the 43rd attorney general from Indiana to talk about that. He's also running for governor in Indiana at Curtis Hill. He's going to join us to discuss a little bit of what's going on with Hunter Biden. Then we're going to talk a little bit later about an organization that's focused on due process on college campuses and what's happening with um, these allegations that keep coming out of college campuses. We'll learn more about it in a little bit. And I also want to get into this uh, conversation about how the economy is just crushing people, in particular men. Men are getting more stressed out than women, according to to one uh, men's health educator, saying that it's Bidenomics that's crushing them. <laughs> so we're going to learn about that. Plus, we got Open Phone America later on tonight. 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number. 833-482-5337. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session, session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, they've belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Well, that is Hunter Biden. 
And uh, he's in the news again this week after being indicted for his shady business dealings. Now, Hunter Biden's facing the uh, intense backlash after holding this Capitol Hill press conference yesterday on Wednesday, where he refused to sit for a closed door deposition in Congress. Now, uh, Jim Jordan and the Republicans want to hold Hunter in contempt of Congress. Uh, And this is just uh, on the heels of Republicans voting to formalize an impeachment against or at least an inquiry against uh, his father, President Joe Biden, who we like to call Joe El Baboso Biden. And um, I want to get to the bottom of this with Indiana's 43rd Attorney General Curtis Hill. He's a Republican candidate for governor in Indiana, and he's our guest tonight. Curtis Hill, welcome, sir. Well, thank you, Rich. And to quote Hunter Biden, I am here. (laughs) (laughs) How classic was that? (laughs) He's so funny. Of all the things he could have said, he said that. I thought that was uh, pretty funny. It's it's sort of comical. It's it's really hard to be sympathetic to Hunter Biden. You know, he's placed himself in a position where, uh, at the very least, he's uh, freeloading off of his old man's uh, name, and uh, at the most, uh, perhaps, be in a position to implicate the president of the United States in bribery. So it's a it's a very fascinating place that he finds himself wherever he is. So yeah, I agree with you. And Curtis Hill, tell us a, a little bit about your reaction to the news from yesterday. Uh, this news that Hunter, uh, you know, he, he says, no, I'm not showing up to your deposition. Uh, I'm not doing anything behind closed doors, but I will hold a press conference outside Capitol Hill like I'm running for president or something. Uh, I just thought it was very interesting, right? Very Maybe even Trumpian, right? Something Trump would do. Uh, do you think he stole a page from the Trump playbook? And was it a smart move or not? Well, I think he tried to steal a page from the Trump move. But the thing about uh, there's only one Trump and, and Hunter Biden's not it. Uh, it, it wasn't much. It was not much of a surprise that he uh, wasn't going to testify. I think he signaled the the, the little little game that was going on. Uh, well, I'll testify in public so that my words don't get twisted. I won't come in private. But that wasn't much of a shock. But it was a surprise move that he actually held a press conference. It was, it was remarkable in the sense that I had never heard his voice before. We always see these lurking pictures of him walking behind Joe Biden or walking ahead of Joe Biden or or other more nefarious pictures that are out there, we don't really hear, we don't really hear his voice. And so, uh, he, he sounded kind of dweeby, uh, to, to declare I am here in such a dweeby way was sort of, uh, I don't know, counterproductive. Um, so I, I, I don't know what his purpose was in, in holding the press conference. I think it was maybe to be bold, maybe to be, to, to take it to his enemies. I think he came off as, uh, kind of wimpy. I agree. Now, let's talk about the um, the allegation, right? He says, you're coming after me, really, because you're trying to get to my father. Um, and I think people are, I think that's probably true, right? <laughs> I think it's right. Yeah. Nobody really wants to prosecute Hunter Biden. They want to get the big guy, the guy who's getting the 10%, the person that Hunter Biden is the alleged bag man for. Uh, do you think there's any, that does this fall on sympathetic ears? Is this a, something you'd advise him to do? Well, not really. I mean, he's right. Nobody's after him. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden's a nobody. What Hunter Biden is is a leech. He's leached off of his family name. Uh, he's he's a mediocre uh, personality at best. Everyone knows that he has used and capitalized on his uh, father's position uh, to score millions and millions of dollars. I don't think that's a big secret. Uh, and it's it's also no secret that he has uh, attempted to to use his dad's sway. Uh, to to garner more favorable treatment. To, hey, I've got access, and you've got access. I, mean, I think that's pretty clear. But the, the the question is, 
was Joe on in on the game? Uh, there's definitely a game being played. Was Joe in on it, or was this Hunter big dogging it, making everyone think that that he had his father's ear and he could put the business on? And that's really what we want to find out. Uh, is Hunter Biden uh, a, a shill for Joe Biden, or is Hunter Biden uh, just a a small timer kid who's taking advantage of his name? But the American people deserve to know that because Hunter's own acknowledgments have been that he's uh, holding pieces of the action for the big guy, uh, that his father is here, his father will be disappointed. He's been making those representations himself. And if that's true, that's corruption at the highest level. And we need to, we need to know that and ferret that out. Folks, we're on with Curtis Hill, uh, Indiana's 43rd attorney general. Now, w- w- Curtis Hill, let's talk a little bit about uh, the charges, right? Because he just got n- nine new um, federal charges that that um, stemmed from taxes, and and they didn't touch on the uh, Foreign Agent Registration Act. Do you think that there's a possibility that they're leaving that open to to come after him that way, or um, or do you think that this is just them saying, look, we're going to try and make it look like we're really going after Hunter, just the same way we're going after Trump, but we're not really going to go after Hunter, but yes, we're really going to go after Trump. You know, Rich, that's a, that's the point. It's hard to say what the federal prosecutors are doing. Uh, you know, you go back to the summer and this this mystery deal that, that really no one knew what was going on, and all of a sudden he gets this sweetheart deal where he's going to admit to a couple of misdemeanors, no jail time, pay the money back, blah, blah, blah. Uh, everyone smelled a rat on that, so the deal went away. And, and, and it only went away because a, a judge just asked some fairly routine questions. It didn't take a great deal of, of really serious digging to see that this was really a problematic deal. A few months go past, and we're back in with the same people, and all of a sudden uh, they make a federal case out of it. They're going to charge him with all of these, uh, these additional crimes. And so the question is, which one was the way that the, the, the federal prosecutor was thinking? Was he, was he originally thinking this wasn't a big deal? Now is he thinking that it's a big deal? What's changed? Uh, so it's hard to say. Are they really going after him to make an example of him? Or are they pretending to go after him to provide cover for the family? It, it's really hard to say. Um, I know that uh, I've seen reports that uh, former Attorney General, uh, U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder, and other Democrats, other high-placed Democrats, are saying that, that this is all about politics. That, that, that if in the ordinary circumstance of a, of a similarly situated person, they wouldn't be facing federal charges. And I think that's really fascinating to me. If you're telling me that you can evade taxes to the tune of $1.4 million, and the ordinary response by the federal government is a pass, we don't, we don't pursue those types of cases. Well, well that tells me that those 87,000 IRS agents uh, are necessary. Right. Who needs them? (laughs) We're going to prosecute nothing anyway. Folks, we're on with Curtis Hill. Uh, He's the 43rd Attorney General of the state of Indiana, and he's a Republican candidate for governor in Indiana as well. We're going to continue with him straight ahead discussing Hunter Biden and uh, your calls and more coming up later. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me, and presented it as darkness. They have no shame. So there you go. You got Hunter Biden saying that, you know what, that they showed naked pictures of him. This has nothing to do with him posting these naked pictures uh, to his iCloud and then giving the computer to the fix it shop and leaving it there for, forever. And just the, the whole idea behind that is just, you know, how it's somebody else's fault. It's funny to me. But uh, I want to get to the legal aspect of this. And we're on with Curtis Hill. He's Indiana's 43rd attorney general. And he's also a candidate for governor in Indiana. Curtis Hill, um, what do you make of Hunter Biden's uh, claims that the Republicans are just being mean because they're putting out naked pictures of him? Well, as I say, it's hard to be sympathetic with him. I, I think it's there's, there's, there's very little question that, that there's a problem with his taxes. There's a problem with the amount of monies that he's made and how convenient it is that he's uh, got these business dealings with Ukraine. And we've seen uh, uh, certainly images of his father being very, very uh, braggadocious about uh, getting the Ukraine prosecutor fired. They, they, I mean, there's there's all of these connections. Now, they, they might have they might go into dead ends, but there certainly is a whole lot of smoke in this area. And I don't think this is a situation where, where poor, poor Hunter has been uh, uh, being misunderstood. I mean. Uh, ordinarily, you would say that, uh, and I would say that, that the children of the president or the or political figures should be left out of the equation, but not when they're part of the game. And Hunter Biden has chosen to be a part of the game. He has chosen to be close to his father. He's chosen to engage in business transactions on an international level when his father was in power. And those relationships deserve to be uh, scrutinized because those those relationships could very well uh, be detrimental to the safety and security of the United States of America. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I want to want you to stand by for just a second, Curtis Hill, General Hill, because we've got Merle. Merle's calling from College uh, College Springs, Iowa, on KMA, uh, with a question for you about Hunter Biden. Uh, Merle, go right ahead. You're on with former Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill. Go right ahead. 
Uh, thank you, Mr. Valdez. Appreciate you. Uh, yes, your guest, uh, this uh, stuff with uh, Hunter, or I call him Doobie Hunter, uh, talking all about how he's uh, being crybabied and put under scrutiny by the uh, Republicans. What did they do to Donald J. Trump more than two years before he was ever elected to the presidency? I mean, what the Democrats have done just exactly the same thing to Donald Trump and his family and everything else concerning Donald Trump. So how come they're crybabying now? That's a good point. Well, I, would, I would even submit that they've done that they've done worse. I mean, they've, they've actually made things up uh, on Donald Trump. They went after him and suggested that there were there was Russian collusion and insisted on that. And, of course, it's been proven that there was absolutely no Russian collusion. But that was a foregone conclusion. What was it? So-called 17 different uh, uh, investigative agencies supposedly confirmed it. I mean, uh, what they've done to Trump is far worse than what they've done with, with Biden. There, there certainly are, are, are kernels of truth and evidence along the way of, Biden's, of, of Hunter Biden's uh, ill activity. Uh, contrary to Trump. So, yeah, I, I would say that it's been even uh, more harsh with, with, with respect to the you know, treatment of the president. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for your call, Merle. And um, the, 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 that, that to me is the the, the, big, the crux of all of this, right? How, how rich it is that Hunter Biden has clearly done things that Trump hasn't done anything with guns, right? Trump or guy, Trump, Trump or <laughs> Hunter Biden has a, a gun charge. Meanwhile, um, They've got four uh, four open indictments against Trump for I think it's ninety one felony counts uh, that equal four hundred years in jail, and I, I find it just remarkable, honestly, uh, just absolutely remarkable that that people don't make that juxtaposition. Do you think it's just me and my um, my partisanship, my my appreciation for Trump policies, or is it uh, something more uh, like? People just don't care about the double standard in justice. Well, we're seeing a double standard, a two-tiered system of justice that, that's very, very real. And the, the people who don't care are the people who are per, uh, perpetrating it. Uh, I certainly care. I've been in the justice system my entire career. And the manipulation of justice that we're seeing at the federal level, at the local level, the, it, it's, it's being done by local school boards, for crying out loud, in terms of, of censorship and shutting people down and shutting out the public. Uh, it's a... It's a, a new system of, of anti-justice that's, that's occurring all over. And so when we, when we see how Hunter Biden is being protected by the media, when we see how the media uh, goes after Donald Trump for no more than a hangnail, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a tiered system, and it doesn't take a, a, a partisan to figure it out. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're a Democrat, uh, if you uh, are woke, if you're liberal, if you have any one of a number of leftist viewpoints, you're getting protected. You're getting shaded. If you're a conservative, uh, you're not. And you're being uh, every effort is, is going to be made to, to silence you, uh, to, to throw you out of office. I mean, it, it, it's very, very clear. And that's why uh, the American people have lost faith in many of our institutions, but they're losing faith in justice. And when justice goes well, that's a real problem because the justice, justice is the hallmark of American freedom. Uh, we have to have the ability to have a sound justice system, and we're seeing that erode on a daily basis. And these two cases, the juxtaposition between the treatment of Hunter Biden in the media and the justice system and the treatment of Donald Trump in the media and the justice system is a prime example. Uh, excellent point. And Curtis Hill, 
Uh, I want you to stick with us. I want to come back and talk a little bit about uh, your campaign for governor in Indiana, uh, because it sounds like uh, that's the type of uh, no-nonsense approach we need in every single state. So, folks, stick with us. If you have a question or comment, feel free, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And we're on with Curtis Hill, former Indiana attorney general. He's a Republican candidate for governor in Indiana. And Curtis Hill, Matt, near uh, Moorhead City, North Carolina, calling us on WTKF, has a quick question for you. Matt, go right ahead. You're on with attorney general Curtis Hill. Hello, Rich and Curtis Hill. How you doing? Good. Both my uh, my company and my other brother have an opinion that the investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden will go nowhere, just like the Mueller report. What's your opinion, General? Well, it 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 really depends on who sees it. I mean, it's really a matter of what it should ha- what should happen and what will happen. What should happen? It should be a very a fairly straightforward investigation of Hunter Biden. I think the evidence is very clear that he has uh, problems with regard to his tax liability. So from that standpoint, uh, he should in all likelihood be convicted. Uh, the issue of implicating his father is a whole other matter. My guess is that Hunter Biden and his lawyers are going to do everything they can, and as evidenced by the press conference today, to shield or, or insulate Joe Biden from any damage. I think that Hunter Biden will say, yes, I pumped up and said a bunch of, of, of comments uh, suggesting that my father was involved, but that was just me pumping up a lot of hot air. My dad was never involved. Uh, he had nothing to do with it. And so I, I predict that that's where, that's where uh, uh, Biden will be with, with regard to his case. So he will suffer a, a, a conviction or a series of convictions for his tax liability. But as we already indicated, nobody really cares what happens to him. We think he should be held accountable. I certainly think he should be held accountable. Uh, but the real prize here is, is there enough information? Is there sufficient evidence to, uh, to nail Joe Biden for corruption? All right. Thank you for that insight. And uh, appreciate it, Matt. Uh, Curtis Hill, tell us about your campaign for governor in Indiana. Uh, obviously, lots of people run for governor for different reasons. But what was your reason? Why does Indiana need you right now? Well, you know, we've got a divided nation. Uh, we're at a crossroads in our country, and we're at a crossroads in our state. Our state is a is a red state, a supermajority, and yet we see the dangers of of the manipulation of justice and the weaponization of race, just like uh, the rest of the country. And we also see the problem with the sexualization of children. We're seeing an assault on absolute truth. And while we expect that in some of the blue states, the fact that it's creeping into our red states in a state like Indiana. Is, uh, is is nothing that we should turn our, our backs at. So I've stepped into the breach because I be, believe firmly in the truth. I believe firmly in liberty and freedom. And I'm prepared to uh, continue to fight and defend freedom as governor, just like I did as attorney general. What's what? Are, I know the stakes are high in every election, but what I guess what's the downside here if uh, a Republican like you doesn't get elected in Indiana? What happens? 
Well, we, we, through the pandemic, we've seen a series of things that are happening. We've seen we, we've seen censorship and the loss of free speech at an all-time high. We've seen the attack on religious liberty. Uh, we're seeing a complete erosion of our American sti- uh, standards. Uh, we're seeing radical gender ide- uh, ideology taking over and taking control. And so it's more important for many people to get pronouns right than it is to be right about the issues and be right about the faith. Uh, we're losing the integrity of our community. So this is the time that we have to stand up and turn things around in our country. Uh, crime is out of control. We're not going to get crime back into control until we start speaking the truth about why crime occurs. Why does crime occur? It occurs because of the degradation of the family. Uh, where are we losing our families? We're losing our families because we have uh, the left uh, crawling all over us with uh, ideology that suggested that uh, there are uh, more than just males and females. So we have to get to the fundamental truths that, uh, that protect our freedoms so that we can uh, resolve the conflicts that, that plague us throughout our country. Makes a lot of sense to me. Now, Curtis Hill, let everybody know how they can learn about your campaign, support your campaign, and keep up to speed with all the great work you're doing. Absolutely, Rich. Uh, very easy. Go to CurtisHill.com, CurtisHill.com, where you can find out information about our campaign. You can volunteer. You can donate. Ours is a, is a real grassroots operation, and we're up against uh, some, uh, some millionaires, folks who want to buy the campaign, buy the race. And we're doing it the old-fashioned way. We're, we're going from tip to stern across the state, uh, meeting the, the, the folks in Hoosier land, and uh, things are going very, very well. So I would appreciate folks getting involved with us uh, and uh, finding out more about us at CurtisHill.com. All right, folks, check them out at CurtisHill.com. Uh, you can follow them on social from there. Uh, Attorney General Curtis Hill, hopefully future governor. Godspeed to you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. It was great to be on, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Talk again soon. Merry Christmas. Folks, we're going to come back to your calls and more on the Hunter Biden topic, as well as other stuff that we're going to get into tonight. I want to get into a few things. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this um, hashtag me too. And is it, is it starting to dwindle? Uh, there was a $15 million verdict against Thomas Jefferson university. And some are saying the believe all women movement is uh, dwindling now because Finally, uh, people that are getting accused are having their day in court and they're not being found guilty. In fact, they're winning. So uh, we're going to find out more about that uh, a little bit further ahead, as well as the story I mentioned earlier, where you've got Bidenomics that's causing added stress in particular to men. And we've got a men's health educator that's going to join us as well. So uh, stick around. We're going to do that. Plus, open phone America. The phone number for that, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Rich Valdez. 
All right, America, welcome back, amigos. And listen, familia, check it out. If you, uh, if you uh, want to follow what's going on with the show, make sure you check out our social media accounts. Mine are at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. Uh, we we're putting up uh, all the videos, updates, stuff like that. Uh, last night, Paul, one of our callers, asked me how the, um, the trip was over the weekend to the uh, Turning Point event. And i um, got some videos from that event on social media that you'll only be able to see there. And you can see it absolutely free at Rich Valdez with an S on uh, all the social media. And I wanted to uh, also give you our phone number. If you want to join any part of the conversation we're having with our guests, feel free to call 833-482-5337. Now, uh, there's, um, there's a lot of talk about Hunter Biden. And, and uh, I think this is going to continue to go on and go on and go on. But ultimately, I think... He gets maybe a slap on the wrist, and and by that I mean you know some sort of reprimand, you know maybe a um, a judge that yells at him, um, maybe a Biden yells at him. You know somebody gives him a firm talking to, um, but you know no no jail cell, no no real justice. And this reminds me of a of an ongoing debate that I have with uh, one of my brothers, where you know he's convinced that, that there is a shadow government within. The military. Now, listen, I don't put anything beyond shadow governments because, you know, that stuff happens everywhere you go. People can can uh, coalesce in one favor, uh, in favor of one thing or another. But he's convinced that there are a group of people that are working against Biden on behalf of we the people that are secretly jailing and conducting uh, military tribunals of civilians uh, up to and including sentences uh, like the death penalty. And for the sake of not quote unquote, rocking the boat people um, in well into their seventies, eighties and nineties are quote unquote put down. And, and I say, but you know, don't you think when they're 70, 80 or 90, they're just dying of natural causes. And if there are these war criminals that you're saying they are, why didn't we get them 30 years ago? And why not hold them accountable publicly? Oh, you don't understand. This is a military operation. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, what kind of Kool-Aid are you drinking, sir? <clears throat> Absolutely crazy. I hate those conversations because they dishearten me. And the reason they dishearten me is because I feel like there's not enough critical thinking going on. But, of course, those that are having them with me say, you know what, Rich, there's not enough critical thinking going on. You think you got it all figured out. You think everybody's going to follow the rules the way you're supposed to. So it, it's... Um, it's a circuitous debate, an exercise in futility. It doesn't go anywhere. And I bring all that up because I think we have to take things for, for what they are, right? We have to. Uh, if we're going to live in a world where we're, we're going to doubt every single thing, and you, you can doubt it. Listen, I doubt lots of things. A, health, a healthy dose of skepticism is a good thing. But if you're going to literally live a life where you're like, oh, looks like a cloudy day. No, it's not really a cloudy day. They must be really at it. With those invisible planes putting up those contrails and those chemtrails. Oh, yeah. It's not even clouds. It's probably a sun up there. We just can't see it. You know, or, or a step further. Well, you know, they got weather modification programs now. So it's, it's probably nighttime. It's probably nighttime, but they can make it look like it's daytime. You know, because these people are really reptilian hybrids and they're just aliens. And uh, they can do whatever they want. And, and when I hear stuff like that, my head hurts when I'm done. Because there's no way. There's no way that we could ever come to agreement and find uh, ground zero, right? Found this common ground. How can we? Am I going to agree with you and defy all logic, truth, and things that we can prove? And then you're going to say, well, of course you can't prove it because, 
the, the media, the left, the aliens, the bad guys, the reptilians, they control Google, they control Wikipedia, they control everything. So then how do we how do we have a conversation when we can't agree on what truth is? Now, those are extreme examples with uh, people that are, um, you know, sometimes right, sometimes wrong, but otherwise in love with conspiracies. But it still doesn't change the fact that we have to be able to get along. So we have to agree on what the truth is. Anyway, folks, we're coming right back with your calls and more. Let me know what you think. I'm Rich Valdez. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And welcome back. It's hour number two of our Thursday night program, our telephone number. If you want to join us on our late-night national town hall conversation, give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And again, just a couple of things I want to reiterate, some headlines. A morning consult poll has Trump crushing Biden in seven swing states. Then there's uh, another poll out that says 20% of ballots cast in 2020 uh, were fraudulent. And they suggest that's a very conservative number. Uh, we explained that in the first hour. If you missed it, check it out on the website, Rich Valdez, America at night.com. You can hear any part of the show uh, if you've missed it. And uh, a couple of other things here. You've got a, uh, let's see, this is the House passed $866 billion defense bill including an extension of the controversial uh, surveillance package. Um, we'll talk about that at the top of the next hour. And let's see, uh, leaders in the House of Representatives say the Republicans are now in the strongest position they've been in to hold Biden accountable uh, after approving the the uh, impeachment inquiry just yesterday. So that's some of what's going on uh, at the national level. Then uh, we move to uh, something that had a national impact a while back, uh, but this story is coming out of Philadelphia. A uh, jury told uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, right? Is that what it is? The school here? That's what I'm talking about? Yep, Thomas Jefferson University. I was going to say Thomas Jefferson College. Um, to, uh, to pay up to $15 million to uh, a former surgeon in a sex discrimination case. Now, this is interesting because my question is, does this signal uh, a, a change in the tide, right? This federal jury awarded millions of dollars to uh, a former Rothman orthopedic surgeon after agreeing that the university discriminated against him because he is male. And th this has a lot to do with, uh, I guess, the, the roots of this stem from the uh, Believe All Women campaign, which came subsequently after the hashtag Me Too movement. And all of these, I think, have been uh, short-lived, and I'm glad it's seemingly short-lived, and I'm glad that they are because 
nothing that's dishonest should persist, right? Uh, it, it shouldn't thrive. It shouldn't last because obviously it brings nothing of benefit to, to we the people, to the public, to the body politic, to anybody involved. So I want to get into this case a little bit. Uh, this, this again, is published uh, just a couple of days ago in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And somebody who's up to speed on it is Edward Bartlett. He's the founder of SAVE. It's an organization that's focused on fairness and due process on college campuses. Edward Bartlett, welcome to the program, sir. Hey, Rich. Good to chat with you. Likewise, sir. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, maybe you could walk us through a little bit of the background of the situation so that uh, the listeners can have a little bit of the backstory and then they could, um, you know, kind of understand and grasp um, how big of a deal this is. Yeah, so what we're talking about is a jury verdict uh, that happened on Monday. Um, the jury decided that uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson Hospital had to shell out $15 million to the, the surgeon who used to work there because he had been falsely accused. Not only that, they, the university failed to conduct any investigation, even though he actually made a report very early after the incident that he had been sexually assaulted by a female. So that's, that's kind of what happened. But if I may, let me put this in a little bigger perspective. Sure. Um, so it's no secret that feminists have essentially brainwashed and forgive me if that word is, is a strong word, but I think it's a fair word to say that feminists find catchy phrases and repeat those phrases over and over and over again to the point that they seep into the conscious and the subconscious of Americans. Think of how many times have you heard the words gender equality, right? Sure. And we just accept that as, oh, well, that's what feminism is all about, <laughs> except for how many feminists uh, have are worried about the shorter lifespan of men or how many feminists worry about the fact that men are almost all of the occupational deaths so forth. So anyway, so coming back to the, this uh, extraordinary and, and of course, $15 million really is a lot of money. I don't think there's ever been a jury verdict against a university. And, and this is what's called title nine title nine of the federal law designed to stop sex discrimination. Now, this is interesting because there was this big push uh, to, to believe all women, believe all women, and I guess consequently what they're saying without saying it is don't believe all men. And here you have an example of, of how this happened. This man was fired, uh, and now they've had to eat crow and, and pay this money out. What do you think precipitated this? Was this simply just the court doing what the court does and allowing the law uh, and due process to play out? Or was there you know, external pressure that made a, a, an impact on this one way or another? I don't think it was external pressure except for the, this broader thing about, you know, Americans being brainwashed into believe women. But let me just say a little bit more exactly what happened here. So um, um, as far as we know, uh, they were having, there was a, a party, okay? Uh, no surprise, there was a lot of booze. Um, and as the party began to wind down, uh, the female uh, physician or resident, her name was Jessica Phillips, 
um, <laughs> she took a bottle of whiskey and started to force the whiskey down the, the through the lips of the orthopedic surgeon, John Abraham. And, um, <clears throat> well, <laughs> the whiskey had took its effect. She kind of forced him to the ground, and they had sex. Okay. So um, per university policy, he reported the incident right away to his, his superior, who was supposed to report the incident to the university Title IX office. Again, Title IX is the, is the federal law that's supposed to address sexual discrimination in schools. So, well, <clears throat> for whatever reason, supervisor did not report this case, the incident, to the Title IX office. Therefore, it was never investigated or is investigated too late. So that, that's sort of the, the, the nuts and bolts of what happened. All right. Well, folks, we're going to continue um, with our guest and uh, breaking down this story uh, straight ahead. Plus, your thoughts and uh, comments on it as well are welcome. 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. is night this is rich valdez all right america welcome back we continue our conversation with edward bartlett he's the founder of save they're an organization that's uh, focused on fairness and due process in college campuses and the former soviet union was famous uh for their notorious show trials where innocence and guilt were decided not by the evidence that was presented but rather by whether the person that was accused came from a, a favored or, or, you know, popular social group. Um, sadly, we're seeing a lot of that in, in today's legal system as well. Edward Bartlett. Yeah, th- this is sad uh, that things have gotten to this point. But, um, you know, a lot of this does come from Marxist ideology about, you know, so-called oppressors and so-called victims. So on college campuses these days, Marxist thinking really is rampant. So, of course, men have been dubbed as the patriarchal oppressors. Women have been uh, pl- placed as, oh, they're, they're the victims of patriarchy, uh, just, just like is happening with anti-Semitism and Hamas and so forth. That's the same parallel. It's the same concept. So anyway, so obviously in this case uh, involving uh, John Abraham and Jessica Phillips, Well, John Abraham was from the oppressor class. Uh, Jessica Phillips was the victim. So, um, you know, the putative victim. So, you know, we see how this, you know, this brainwashing does affect people's thinking, perhaps at a subconscious level. But bottom line is this poor surgeon, uh, he was was forced out of his position. His career was in tatters his reputation hugely damaged, damaged, 
And that happened even before the investigation was completed by the college. So that's why we use the term campus kangaroo court. Right. And, you know, it's sad to see that these things are, are, you know, um, evident and, and visible in today's American justice system. Do you think they're here to stay? Do you think that um, maybe it's a bump in the road uh, or is this a, a permanent fixture of, of the rest of, of America's future, these, um, these bogus political prosecutions? Well, what's really amazing, Rich, just in the last uh, few weeks, you know, and I think this started as a result of the Hamas uh, invasion of Israel and the, 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 all of the demonstrations on college campuses in support of Hamas, right? And this has just created a huge backlash, huge sort of awareness that, you know, all is not well on college campuses. There's a lot of hatred that has been uh, engendered on campuses, again, due to the Marxist ideology portraying, you know, classifying everybody as a victim or as an oppressor. So, you know, I'm always optimistic that, that things will are taking a turn for the better. Um, just today I read about in Wisconsin, they are, uh, the Board of Trustees agreed to get rid of its so-called diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion effort. Of course, that's a, an acronym that means uh, try to get rid of as many men as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's a shame that that's, um, that's, that's a thing. Do you think um, it's here to stay? Uh, is this a permanent part? I mean, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be a tension that we have to manage moving forward. Uh, and it may kind of um, flare up from time to time like a bad rash. But uh, I hope that as people become more more educated and see cases like this one that we saw today coming out of Philly uh, and others where the good guys win, uh, I feel like that will empower people to, to, to do the right thing. But as we see more and more of these um, aggressive cases against people for whatever reason, I feel like uh, that also emboldens the other side. What say you? Well, yes. And, and I, 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 I'm always a believer that we, we could turn this stuff around. One tool that is being looked at is what's called eliminating qualified immunity. Qualified immunity means you can sue the university, but you cannot sue the individual and the individuals who fail to report your complaint for an investigation, or you can't report people who really screw up the, the process. But if you get rid of qualified immunity, Guess what? Uh, those people who, uh, you know, were negligent in carrying out their duties, um, they can be sued personally. And so I, that, I think, is one of part of the solution to this quandary. I agree with that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your organization, uh, SAVE. Tell us about uh, some of the work that you, uh, you dedicate yourself to and how people can learn more about it. Well, yeah, SAVE, uh, which is an acronym for Stop Abusive and Violent Environments, our URL is saveservices.org. Um, we've been working for, for over 10 years on restoring justice and fairness in campus, college campuses, get rid of these kangaroo courts. So, you know, we work with policymakers, we work with lawmakers, 
We work with, with attorneys that are trying to, you know, sue the, sue the universities. So, yeah, so we, we're we focusing on the policy, and we also do a lot of public um, media activities to, to alert the public to, you know, why these college camper, kangaroo courts are in existence and how do we stop it. And if people want to, um, you know, learn more about the work that you're doing, uh, do they find you on social media? Where, where do they go? We website? do have Facebook pages, uh, but uh, uh, probably best to go to our website, saveservices.org. Um, and we have our info uh, uh, email address to, to get information. Outstanding. Well, folks, check them out at the website. Give them a follow on social media. Uh, I want to personally thank you for bringing us up to speed on this, Edward Bartlett, because I feel like uh, we don't talk enough about stories like this. And it's important for people to see a case where uh, the good guys, you know, the, the falsely accused actually win, where, you know, the victim gets prosecuted and actually wins, I think, is a, is a huge win for, for humanity. So thanks for bringing it to our attention. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Rich. You bet. Again, folks, check them out at saveservices.com, saveservices.com. Now, straight ahead, we're going to get into a, a few different things. Uh, some of the things I want to talk about tonight are going to be the uh, weapons ban. Remember the uh, the gun ban in Illinois? Uh, well, the Supreme Court is allowing that to remain. Uh, then we've got a 13-year-old in Ohio that's been arrested for planning a mass shooting at a synagogue. Wow. Talk about crazy. Um, let's see. Um, Biden's getting a boost in his uh, campaign fundraising. After the talk of impeachment, that's the uh, same thing that happened to Trump. So it seems like it's a similar phenomenon there. And uh, a mom who caught her son fooling around with a teacher, um, she found this out keeping tabs on him through a tracking app. <laughs> we'll talk about that at the, at the top of the next hour. Uh, let me see what else we got here. Uh, some faith leaders have denounced the uh, proposed Satan Club at a Tennessee middle school. Well, good. That's what they're supposed to do. I'm sorry, elementary school, even worse. <laughs> we'll definitely talk about that at the top of the next hour. That's crazy. And listen to this miracle. A four-year-old baby was sucked up by a tornado in Tennessee. The baby's alive. We'll, ter- we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that and learn a little bit more about that story in a little bit. And let me see what else we've got. Some hunters found a 72-year-old woman alive in a car at the bottom of a canyon after she'd been missing for four days. God bless the hunters. I hope the lady's doing well. And uh, let's see. Um, And there's uh, some reporters, some brave reporters, asked Putin a question about his AI body double (laughs) during during a... uh, during a Q&A event. So uh, we'll learn more about what's going on with his uh, AI double uh, in, in, in a little while. Uh, 833-482-5337. 833-4VALDEZ is the phone number. Straight ahead, we're going to continue our conversation into this uh, stress that's affecting uh, men of all people uh, because of Bidenomics. Don't go anywhere Uh, Katrina McKinney-Kimball is coming up next. I'm Rich Valdez.
Look, as it relates to Bionomics, the president, I just announced at the top of the briefing, he's going to go to Milwaukee. He's going to talk about Bionomics, investing in America, what what Bionomics has done for the American people coming out of the pandemic. We can't forget what happened when the president walked in. We saw a literally uh, the economy at a tailspin. And so the president has been working a middle class from the bottom up, middle out. And that's what you've seen him do. And the data shows, as you just mentioned in your question, inflation is moderating. And, uh, you see uh, jobs created at more than 14 million jobs. Unemployment is at under 4%. All of those things is part of, is part of Bionomics. And you will certainly hear the president talk more about that over the next couple months as we finish, uh, finish out the, certainly the year. Of course, that is uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre uh, touting how wonderful Bidenomics is. You know, saying Bidenomics is fantastic, but the winter holidays always seem to be full of very um, lots of positive cheer and uh, Karine Jean-Pierre being very, very uh, upbeat about Bidenomics. But a, a lot of times the most wonderful time of the year isn't that wonderful, right? It's not just the joyful greetings that we see on greeting cards and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of people look forward to time off from work and eggnog and a little coquito if you're Puerto Rican, uh, festivals, family, etc. Um, but the reality is that not everybody's jolly, right? Not everybody's happy because this season can be associated with a lot of stress, sadness, loneliness, and other challenges that people face. And I wanted to get into some of that and to see how the uh, holidays bring added stress to men who are already being crushed by Bidenomics, and I want to do that with our guest, um, Katrina McKinney-Kimball. She's a certified men's health educator, uh, part of the Men's Health Educator Network, and a spokesperson for them as well, and the educational program manager for the Alzheimer's Association. So, um, Katrina McKinney-Kimball, welcome to the program. Greetings. Thank you so much for this opportunity to discuss this important topic because around the holiday season, and you're right, it does be, uh, it appears to be a time of the year when everyone is so happy, but there is stress and men do experience stress differently than women. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, I've experienced plenty of stress in my days, uh, but <laughs> I, <laughs> and I still have it, but I can say this, uh, Katrina, the, the, I think that uh, everybody goes through it, right? Men and women, you said uh, they, they process it differently, and I think that's probably true. Uh, so let's talk about some of those differences, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So one of the things I'd like to point out about Men's Health Network is that it is a national nonprofit that provides resources for men and, and boys and their families to be healthy. And I think one of the things that's really clear and that we've seen since COVID, um, we realize that uh, for MHN, they've been working for years to create an office of men's health within the health department, within the Department of Health and Human Services. Because if you go to any state health department, if you go to D.C., you're going to have an office of women's health. You're going to have an office of um, for children. But there is not an office dedicated to the health and wellness of boys and men and actually doing research. You're so right. we found that there's a huge, there's a huge gender uh, mortality gap. And we know that it's on a national level when it comes to men and boys. Recently, we saw that there is actually men are uh, transitioning six years before women do. And um, we know that a lot of it has to do with the stress. So we know You're saying transitioning to, to death? Yes, the high mortality rate. Men have a higher mortality rate than women. They tend to uh, transition six years sooner than women do. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of it is because I, from what we're seeing, that's why it's so important if we had an office of men, men and boys health, that we could do more detailed research and really dive into it. But we don't have that. But one of the things we have discovered, um, even with working with the uh, Association of Stress, that nine, ten, nine out of 10 men say that during this holiday season, they feel more stressed. One is because of, again, economics. Uh, we know stress is basically your brain and your body's reaction to a situation that you can't cope with or you don't think you can cope with. And stress shows up in so many ways, physically, emotionally, and even in your behavior. So what we're trying to make sure this holiday season that specifically men and young men and boys understand that you have to understand what creates stress in your life. Because a lot of times people will say, well, women talk more than men do, and women have their tribe. But if you really think about it, men have a tribe, too. I mean, men have people that you talk to. But I don't think we've ever encouraged men to talk about that. Um, If you actually go to our website, um, Men's Health Network, uh, there is actually an article on there that talks about stress being the silent killer. And so one of our great resources I want everyone to know that they can go to our website and find is we have this great um, manual. It's called Your Head, an Owner's Manual to Understanding, Overcoming Depression, Anxiety, and Stress. And that manual was actually based on interviews from talking to different men and just learning what works. Now, one of the things I do know that's very clear, stress is like your fingertip, your fingerprint. It is very unique. What works for one person will not work for another person. So a couple of things that we found that create some holiday stress for me, and, of course, is the money. You know, some people have had job loss. You've had reduction in pay. Uh, people have experienced foreclosures. Uh, also, your family. Sometimes your family and your relationships, if you have unresolved conflict within your family, uh, maybe you have a death in your family recently, or maybe you're missing uh, a loved one who's far away that can bring on additional stress for you. And then, of course, if you're working, maybe you're underpaid or you're not making enough money, or maybe you have that job that you just don't feel like you're getting enough recognition or you just don't have a good relationship with your, your supervisor or your coworkers. Those add on additional stress for men. So those tend to be the top three that we've seen. Um, but, of course, we also know we're living in a, a social media uh, world. Oh, yeah. Everything is posted on Facebook. Everything's on Instagram. Everybody's trying to um, – back in the day, they said keep up with the Joneses. Now it's like keeping up with the 5G <laughs> because yeah, everything exactly. is moving so fast. <laughs> so, um, you know, that comparison comes in. But what we want to emphasize is that men are so much more than their paycheck. Men are so much more than what they bring home and their pay because you're creating a legacy every day with your life. And I think for a long time, um, and it's just society, we have viewed the value of a man based on what he provides for his family, what kind of car he drives, what kind of house he lives in, what zip code you're living in. And um, we do realize that some people are just not afforded the same opportunities as everybody else. But what we're encouraging during this holiday season is that, one, just step back. Take a break, step back, and just go, okay, this is my situation, and then try to navigate it to the best of your abilities. And I think we have failed um, at times with promoting and encouraging 
men and young boys that there's so much more than just a material thing. So that's why we created that resource about your head is your owner's manual and really getting men and young men to think about your thought processes and how do you view yourself in this world versus what people tell you you're worth. Katrina McKinney Kimball, I want to ask you to hang on right there because uh, I think this resource you're talking about is great. Uh, and I, I love the idea that that men are a lot more than, you know, everything they provide. Uh, it sounds like you're saying men are people <laughs> and and we need to remain uh, cognizant of that. And uh, I think that's a pretty good idea. So we're going to stick around uh, and continue the, this conversation and learn a little bit more about this resource uh, when we come back. The phone number, folks. If you want to uh, join in or ask a question of our guest, Karina, uh, excuse me, Katrina McKinney-Kimball, give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337, 833-482-5337. For Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. So the studies show that you've got 43.8 million adults experiencing mental health illnesses in a given year. That's one in five adults in America. Uh, Nearly one in 25, 10 million adults are living with this. So you got 19.86% of adults uh, experiencing mental illness. And out of that, the National Alliance on Mental Health, uh, Mental Illness, excuse me, says that 64% of those individuals living with mental illness felt that their condition worsened during the holidays. Now, I'm going to submit to you that even if you're not living with any type of chronic mental illness, you're just dealing with the day-to-day stress of life. That day-to-day stress of life gets a little bit more during the holidays. And that's why we're on with Katrina McKinney-Kimball. She's uh, an educator with the Men's Health Network, and she's with us uh, to explain some of the resources they have and, uh, and, and why this happens. Katrina. Sure. Um, I definitely want to um, piggyback on what you said Um And I want to make sure I go over a couple of tips um, that's outlined in our book called Your Head, an Owner's Manual to Understanding and Overcoming Depression, Anxiety, and Stress. I think one of the things that COVID did during the pandemic, I think it did a really good job of highlighting mental illness. But what I want to encourage everyone is to kind of pivot and change your perspective and think about what is it that I can do to stay mentally well? What are the right. things that keep me in a good headspace during this That's time? That's a question I ask myself a couple of times a day. Uh, me too. Me too. I take breaks. I, 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 I put many breaks in between meetings, even though we're 
um, working from home or you're back in the office, you know, they're, they're starting to stack those meetings back to back. I can't handle that. So I'll put a 10 minute or 20 minute break in between, you know, and you may want to have that conversation with your loved ones. Um, you know, what's that one thing that we can do together that doesn't cost anything? You know, during this time of year, a lot of times there is a lot of pressure to purchase and buy things. And um, the one thing I do know about men, men, I'm problem solvers because if something is going on with your vehicle, you're going to look up manuals, you're going to call your friends over, you're going to call the, the older gentleman in the neighborhood, they're going to get around that car, that truck, and you're going to figure out what's wrong with that car to get it operating. Yeah. Well, we want to encourage men during this holiday season to do that same thing, except use it to manage your stress. Um, a couple of tips that's outlined in our manual is, first of all, one of the things you don't want to do is self-medicate. You know, using whether it's legal or prescription drugs, you want to be careful. You want to take your medication like you're supposed to during this time of the year. And you definitely want to monitor your um, taking when you're drinking alcohol. You want to manage that because what it does, it does harm you physically, but it also adds more to your stress. Another thing is watching your caffeine. I know people drink a lot of coffee. You got your Red Bull. You got your Cokes. You got all these different parties you're going to. Watch your your calorie intake when it comes to caffeine, because what tends to happen is if you try to start, you, you drink too much caffeine, you can tend to get those caffeine headaches. Um, so you want to be mindful of that. But I think, you know, let me just share with you, Katrina, that I used to drink uh, like a pot of coffee a day, regular coffee, a ton of coffee. Oh, you did? I was wired. I was wired. I mean, just talking fast. And and I, I liked that high. Uh, and I was uh, in a sales environment and it worked well for me, I thought. Uh, but eventually it got to a point where I said, man, I, I'm drinking uh, a lot of coffee. And I met somebody and they, you know, I said, oh, hold on. I just got to get a cup of coffee. And they were like, you just had one like an hour ago. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need another one. And they were like, how many do you drink a day? And we started talking and they left. Um, they, they said something to me that I never forgot. And they said, you know, that's nothing more than anger in a cup. And I thought, wow. I do actually get a lot angrier and lose my temper a lot quicker. And I'm a lot more anxious uh, when, you know, when the caffeine is flowing through me. And I, I gave up drinking coffee for a number of years. Uh, and then, you know, I got back into it. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I could do forever. But it is something where I now have one cup of coffee per day, sometimes two, uh, you know, maybe one in the morning and one right before work at night. But uh, very interesting that you mentioned caffeine intake because um, I can tell you when I was a younger man, I had very, uh, very little sensitivity to caffeine, but now, you know, after 40, I can tell you, I can have a little bit of coffee and it goes a long way. It keeps me up. It makes me irritable. So, um, very, very good advice. I want to piggyback on two things you just said. One, you said when someone brought it to your attention and that's one of the key things to do on holiday season, you have to acknowledge what is creating the stress for yourself and how you're going to do that. You're going to ask yourself two simple questions. Is this something I can control? If it is, then you can do something about it. If it's something you can't control, you got to let it go. Maybe you were expecting to get that year-end bonus, and the company didn't give it to you. You getting angry, you getting frustrated, lashing out at your family and friends is not going to change the fact that you didn't get the year-end bonus. But what you can do is step back and go, okay, I can't control that, so what can I shift and pivot to to do something about? And then the other thing you said was after 40, I think – Men have to recognize that as you start to age, your body changes, just like women's bodies change. And there are things that you could enjoy that you may have to kind of cut back on. You may not, like you said, you were drinking a pot of coffee. 
You may have to mm. drop down to one cup or two cups. Maybe you were getting up, going and getting those uh, Red Bulls <laughs> and getting a shot of espresso, and that's just making your heart race like crazy. You may not be able to do that anymore. So just acknowledging where you are. And I love the fact you said that person brought it to your intention. That's a really important part of dealing with all this holiday stress. You got to have people around you and people in your circle that can be honest with you. Yeah, and, and, and most people that have any type of women them. in their lives, women are always happy to point things out. And not just women. You know, I, I tell people, you got to find you a confidence. Uh, I have two sons, and I tell my sons all the time, if you don't want to talk to me, go back, find someone. Like my oldest son goes back to talk to his high school coach. He's like, I can tell him anything. you got to have somebody in your corner that you can talk to and that you can problem solve and and just be honest with. And it may be your old football coach. It may be if you're in a walking in a faith, it may be your faith leader, or it may be someone in your community. But I also try to encourage men to go outside their zip code. Oh, well, so, hold that thought for a second. I don't want to cut you short on that one, but we got to take a quick pause, and we're coming right back with uh, Men's Health Network educator uh, Katrina McKinney-Kimball talking about how to deal with some of the holiday stress that's out there, whether it's from Bidenomics or anything else. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, familia, welcome back, amigos. We're talking about stress, how men handle stress, what men need to know. And if you're a woman and you identify as a woman, great. If you're a woman and identifying as a man, uh, pay attention. If you're a man and identify as a man, pay attention. And uh, even if you don't, um, you may know somebody who that who does, and you can help them out with this advice. Uh, folks, we are on with Men's Health Network educator Katrina McKinney-Kimball. And we've been talking about some of the resources that the network has, as well as really just dealing with stress during the holidays. Uh, these feelings are exacerbated during the holidays. And I can tell you, I've been through that a ton of times. I'm going through it now. Just for like stuff I have to do around my house that I know I'm going to be off for some days during Christmas. And instead of relaxing and doing absolutely nothing, which is what I'd love to do, I'm going to have to like paint a room and just do a bunch of things I don't want to do. And uh, that stresses me out. Anyway, Katrina, welcome back. Let everybody know. Um, how they can keep up to speed with the wonderful work that you're doing. We want to check out our website, Men's Health Network. We have uh, a great uh, resource on there called Your Head and Own Your uh, Owner's Manual to Understanding and um, Overcoming Anxiety. And we just want you to check out our uh, website. We're also, you can find what us is on the website? Media. It's Men's Health Network, O-R-G. Perfect. So and and the social media handle? Same thing. You find us at Men's Health Network. Everything is consent, and you're going to find us under Men's Health Network. Well, outstanding. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Keep up the great work that you're doing for men all across America. Uh, Katrina McKinney-Kimball, Men's Health Network. Godspeed to you. Merry Christmas. And, folks, we've got Open Phone America coming up straight ahead. Your calls and more. 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-482-5337. Don't go anywhere. I'm Rich Valdez.
live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program, featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to Hour 3 of the program. If you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, we call it Open Phone America. Feel free to give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And we've had some interesting conversations tonight, whether it's the uh, alleged criminality of Hunter Biden, uh, as well as... What is going on with the the uh, hashtag Me Too movement and is it coming to an end? And we also talked about how Bidenomics and other stressors are putting a lot of pressure on men and I think on women, if we're being honest, um, all across America as we're heading into the holiday season. And uh, there's also a story from the mayor of, uh, what's that, Chicago? Uh, Boston. There we go. The mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu. Uh, so I see that there are callers on the line. We're going to get to your calls momentarily um, from Atlanta, from South Carolina, from all across the country. But I want to talk about Michelle Wu. Uh, she uh, yesterday made some comments that uh, she was having a Christmas party, no whites allowed, and somehow that was okay. <laughs> well, today she addressed it to clarify it, and uh, it's, 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 it's not much better. Anyway, listen to this. I think we've we've had individual conversations with everyone so people understand that it was truly just a, an honest mistake that went out in, in typing the email field. And um, I look forward to celebrating with everyone at the holiday parties that we will have besides this one as well. So um, it is my intention that we can, again, um, be a city that lives our values and create space for all kinds of communities to come together. So one of the communities she wanted to come together were elected officials of color. And uh, she was holding a holiday party for electeds of color uh, just hours before hosting the controversial gathering inside City Hall's official reception hall. Uh, Wu admitted it was a mistake that every member of the Boston City Council received invitations uh, because it wasn't for everybody. It was just for the elected individuals of color. She said, we had individual conversations with everyone so people uh, understand that it's just truly an honest mistake that went out in, in typing. Isn't that funny? Unbelievable. So, yeah, the, the mayor, um, her apology, it's a non-apology. She say no, the, the mistake is that, you know, we accidentally invited the white people, right? Uh, she, she didn't mean to invite the white people to the non-whites Christmas party. Now, listen, I probably would have gotten invited. I'm brown, right? I'm Valdez with an S. So um, what do I care? Well, I think it's wrong. I, th I think it's very wrong that you just um, you get away with having a no whites Christmas party and, and that's OK, because I wouldn't do that. I mean, would you? Let's say you wanted to have a Christmas party in particular to honor elected individuals, elected officials of color, you know, some black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever. Would would 
it cross your mind to say, well, because I want to honor these guys, it's probably best if I don't invite, you know, Mr. Smith because he's white or Mrs. Uh, Thompson because she's white. Or do you just invite everybody and still call it the electeds uh, of color honoring, you know, elected officials of color, all are welcome. You know, I mean, it's just why wouldn't it be that way? And then for, for her to get away with it and say, well, we're trying to have a, a safe space for everybody in every community and, and get away with that, that it's somehow okay to, to segregate people as long as, you know, she says it and it sounds cute and flowery and fluffy. I'm not buying it folks. And you shouldn't either. You got to stand up to this type of thing. If you don't stand up to it now, when do you do it? If somebody doesn't call this lady out and tell her, Hey, you're being a racist. Uh, how do we, how do we let her know she's a racist? If, but for calling her out when the time uh, is adequate, which is now unbelievable. So yeah, her defense. No, no, no. You see, it was that, um, we invited them by accident, the whites, we invited the whites to the non-white Christmas party by accident. Uh, let me see if there's another quote here from her. I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party tomorrow. And that, that's from, um, not from her. That is from, let me see who that is. Dos Santos, Denise Dos Santos. Uh, she is the um, director of uh, city council uh, relations. And so she's the fall guy here. And Dos Santos says she apologized. I did send that to everyone by accident. And I apologize if my email may have offended or came across as so. Sorry for any confusion this may have caused. Wu justified the party on Wednesday, claiming it had become part of a sort of a yearly custom that they've been doing over the past decade, where members of the diverse group take turns hosting the annual party. So there you have it. And Denise Dos Santos, again, she says, on behalf of Michelle, uh, Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you to uh, you and a guest to the Electeds of Color holiday party on Wednesday, December 13th. Ain't that something? Ain't that something? Anyway, we're going to get your thoughts and opinions on this as well as uh, dealing with stress, Ukraine, what else do we got? Hunter Biden and everything else that's coming our way uh, straight ahead. Of course, our telephone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833 Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. 
All right, America. So earlier I mentioned that 64% of the people living with mental illness felt that their condition worsened during the holidays. And even if you don't have mental illness, at least anything ongoing, um, stress is a real, real thing. And as I get older, uh, I realize it's, it's, it's there. And there's a lot of things you've got to do to get rid of it, whether it's going to the gym, um, doing a home workout, going out, hanging out with your friends, laughing, dancing, whatever it is, you've got to do something. Otherwise, that stuff will build up and it'll get you. So um, I want to get to you guys on this because I know that this is something you uh, know a lot about. Uh, let me see. Where do we go here? I want to go to Steve. He's in Atlanta, WGKA. Steve, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, so um, the, the, the uh, was it a representative who did that? Who? I don't know what you're talking about. The the, the party where only... Oh, no, that was the mayor of Boston. Color. The mayor of Boston's a bigot, right? S- sounds that way to me. Well, not like it is. Or a race hustler, right? And she had that one of her... Um, well, she, she herself her is Asian. Um, so I, I think she's just... Um, um, you know, just really uh, drinking the leftist Kool-Aid and um, and practicing her own bigotry. Yeah. So what are your three most, um, what are the three things that afflict you as a male? I don't know if there's three. I mean, I think uh, for me, most stress is uh, self-inflicted. It's me uh, worrying way too much about the future um, and um, worrying about things that I just, I have zero control over. And uh, I tend to um, allow those things to get to me a lot. I think about, oh, well, what about we going to do tomorrow? What about the, the guests for the second hour? What are we going to do this? And what are we going to do there? And, you know, I, I spend way too little time in the present and way too much time in the future. And if you give me enough time, I might spend time in, in the past. And now we got a problem, Houston. So I have three things. Yep. Okay, so the three things that I all right, what's going on here? You keep cutting in and out, Steve. Keep the phone close to your mouth so I can hear you. The, the, the three things that I worry most about are, you know, I'm getting older, so it's it's whether or not I can be a, a good. All right, Steve, I'm going to put you on hold until we get your phone figured out because you keep coming in and coming out. And, of course, that, that stinks. But I do want to go to Jeff in Lansing, Michigan, on W-I-L-S. Uh, Jeff, go right ahead. Uh, Rich Valdez, and I believe that's Valdez with an S, if I'm not mistaken. You've been paying attention. What's up, Jeff? How are you, man? Well, I wanted to talk about that 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 uh, a person that wanted to have the, the, the Christmas party, but it was only supposed to be black people. Well, anybody but white, right? <laughs> it was uh, electeds of color, and that's uh, Mayor uh, Michelle Wu, mayor of Boston. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So she had to kind of rescind her. Uh, no, no, well, she didn't, though. She had the party, and she basically said, look, my, her apology had to do with we accidentally invited the, the non-colored a.k.a. the white people. It was an accident. It was their mistake to invite the white people. Uh, so the, the offense here was the administrative uh, offense of inviting the white people as well. Uh, it was, you know, my bad. We shouldn't have invited the white people this way. They wouldn't have felt uh, <laughs> excluded. That was uh, the defense at the end of the day. 
Well, I, I would have just loved, I would have just loved being a, a white person to, to be at that party and just to follow her around. And Again, go, troll her a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Just, I, I know you don't want me to be here, but uh, I, I entertain me. That's my life's motto. And um, um, I would like to have a glass of wine with you or maybe kiss you on the cheek, get some photos with you. Uh, and just just like follow her around for the entire night until um, some security uh, came and took me away. <laughs> you know, I think I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think uh, part of the game plan there would have been to make sure you meet everybody in the room and, uh, you know, have some sort of obnoxious introduction. Like, you know, hey, what's going on? I'm Jeff. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not an elected of color. <laughs> you know, just to really rub salt in the wound. And uh, and let them know, you know, you were the uh, you could say I'm the token white guy or something like that. It just it's just so silly the way the way they do these things and the, the thought process or processes that that are uh, behind something like this. Uh, but, Jeff, thank you for the call. Big shout out to Lansing, Michigan, W.I.L.S. And uh, let me see, where do we go here? Is another one I want to go to. Um, let's go to Robert Charleston, South Carolina, W.T.M.A. Robert, go right ahead. Hello, Rich. I just wanted to say that with regard to um, staying awake and and keeping your head on your shoulders, uh, the Japanese and the Germans, they have something called tenkaichi, which is means I, I believe means first pick in Japanese, which is the best Japanese half shadow green tea. And it, I, when I was in Germany, I lived there for about twenty years, and um, I used to drink that regularly, and that really, really, really helps you. As a matter of fact. It has no negative side effects. As a matter of fact, it has the side effects are only beneficial, and it really makes a huge difference. And on what? Difference on what? And in, 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 in picking up your personality, keeping you awake, keeping you with a positive aspect, a positive outlook on the world. Um, Tenkaichi is what it's called. It's a Japanese half-shadow green tea. It tastes great, and if there were anything better, it would be illegal. Uh, <laughs> that, that's how good it is. And, 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 and Japan and Germany are the only places in the world I know where you can get it without further ado, without maybe trying to order it over the Internet or something like that. But in Germany, you can buy it in 50-gram packages. In Japan, I've heard that you have to get up on them early in the morning of the day they harvest it in order to get some. And, um, it's, and the other thing that the Germans do, and I don't know if they do it in Japan or not, but it's called Basica, and um, it balances your pH and gives you some other vitamins and minerals that you might need. Does this have anything to do with stress? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it, 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 it mellows you out at the same time. It really, it's, it, it affects your personality. And 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 um, I'm surprised that, that it hasn't that it hasn't caught on here in America. And the Japanese and Germans, by the way, have always been very close in terms of their person because they have very similar personalities. Japan has also has oftentimes been referred to as the Germany of the Far East. Hmm. I'd never heard that, but thank you for sharing it with us, Robert. I'll, uh, I'm going to keep my eyes out for some uh Japanese German tea, and that'll make me feel like a superstar. Thank you, brother. I appreciate a big shout out to WTMA. Let's um, let's see. We got time for one more. Um, let's go to Jim Chicago WGN. Jim, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, thank you. Um, my, uh, I'm, I'm for, um, I'm for pro-life. There's no doubt about that. But my, uh, the problem with all this is the restrictions of women and what they can do with, to their own health. What man does not want his own autonomy? 
I think, equal right to women. The problem is education. You know, they don't know. There's not enough visual out there to see what a baby looks like in three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks in development. And when you start putting these visuals out there, then maybe people have a secondary think about what, you know, precautions they can take. All right. Um, that flew right over my head. I'm going to have to go back to school to be able to grasp that. But thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Big shout out to Jim in Chicago and WGN. Uh, and I know that there is a lot of talk today about uh, abortion. And um, this is, again, there's nothing to me, there's nothing new under uh, under the sun here. The the headline is that Texas uh, Supreme Court rules against pregnant women after she um, she leaves the state to obtain an abortion. I think when they overturned Roe v. Wade, they said this would be up to the states. All right. So the state decided. And this woman did what she had to do within the law. I, I personally do not have a problem with this. I really don't. Um Apparently, some people do. Uh, I don't. I think, you know, if, if, if you live in a state where they've made it legal, great. Um, it's that's on you. I, I don't I don't like it. Um, what am I going to do? Right. I mean, people like it. This is one of those things where I don't have a vagina. So I can only have an opinion on this as in, in so far as I'm a dad uh, or I was once a husband and I was once a boyfriend. But uh, I'm never getting an abortion. Right. Um, and I would never sign off on a baby that was in the womb uh, to to be aborted. It's just not something I would be comfortable with. But I do believe in people deciding their fate. And if people have decided in Texas that that's what it is, then it is. And if those individuals have the right to get it done in a different state, then they do that. And, and it's it's that simple to me. If the people in that other state feel like the, that state's too liberal, then work on fixing those laws. But th- that's where I am with that. You know, I, I don't think it's a good thing. Um, I, I don't see the benefit of, of offering this service in uh, mass the way they do. And I don't know. That's that. Anyway, we're going to come back to your calls and more straight ahead. 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-482-5337. I'm Rich Valdez. Every day you got to watch out for new things. Some of the things you got to watch out for are AI deep fakes, right? Artificial intelligence deep fakes. And deep fake is the term that they use to describe an AI or artificial intelligence created image, sound, video of a real person. 
Now, this technology is being used to spread false information by doctoring images or audio clips of political figures and celebrities and whatnot. And Vladimir Putin was asked a question today by what appeared to be an AI-generated deepfake of Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Right? It was himself asking a question uh, as if a body double was asking a question during this Q&A session with the public today. Now, Putin uh, held his annual phone in with the Russian public. Uh, You know, it's kind of like a talk radio show that he does once a year. And he uh, combined that with his uh, end-of-the-year news conference. And uh, one of the questions he got was from himself saying, you know, Mr. President, good afternoon. I'm a student studying at St. Petersburg. And we actually have a clip of this audio with the translation. Listen to this. Mr. President, good afternoon. I'm a student and I study at the St. Peter uh, Institute. Do you have a lot of twins? And another point, what is your attitude towards the dangers fraught with the neural networks and the artificial intelligence? So he did not introduce himself, this person from St. Petersburg. (laughs) Oh, well. I see. You can talk like me and use my voice, my pitch, but I figured that only one person could speak like myself and use my voice, and this is going to be me. It was a joke by one of our political figures. Now, of course, the Kremlin uh, recently uh, dismissed the idea that Putin uses uh, body doubles at certain events and whatnot. Uh, Meanwhile, there's growing concern across the globe that the use of AI deepfakes uh, are spreading misinformation in a number of uh, situations. And uh, especially with wars like the Ukraine war uh, with Russia or the um, Israeli war with Hamas. And reality is all of them. They're all doing it right. Uh, Information warfare. It's a big deal. You want to be able to release videos of the other side doing bad things to innocent people and saying, look, these guys are war criminals. And then the other people turn around and go, look at these guys. They're war criminals. And everybody's there. You know, it's half the stuff is fake. You know, they just they make it up as they go along. It's been going on uh, for, for the longest time. But now we have more technology. Now we have AI. Before you used to have to, you know, go to some Hollywood studio and pretend stuff. <laughs> now, now it's a lot more advanced. So, um, yeah, Putin uh, got deep faked by his own deep fake today. And uh, I think that's pretty funny. I want to get your thoughts on what's going on across America tonight. Let's go to the phones. 833-482-5337, 833-4-Valdez. Let's go to Mike Pendleton, Oregon, K-U-M-A. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. Great talking to you. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Um, You too. And uh, so, so much great stuff to talk about. I just want to make a, a, a comment kind of on a couple of things. One was on Ukraine. Uh, first, uh, on the party about races, I've had good friends of all races. And to me, um, it's the person that matters instead of the race. And if you limit yourself to one race, you're going to miss out on a lot of great people. And that's how I look at it. Uh, yeah, well, I think you're right. Yeah, you you got to look yeah. at people as people, uh, so right? Not not as colors. That's how my mom brought me up, and she grew up in New York City. She had friends of all races, and 
I'm really glad, uh, yeah, you know, she raised me that way, but she said it's the person that counts. Um, on the Ukraine, um, and what they're discussing now, Rich, uh, in Congress, sure. you know, of course, I'm for aid, uh, aid to Ukraine and Israel uh, with my girlfriend over there. But um, what would you feel would be an acceptable solution for the border? I know they're trying to come up with that so they could pass the whole package. But I always like to get your input, uh, your opinion on different topics. So uh, how would you feel about a border solution? You know, good question. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they're proposing. I know they're trying to attach, you know, any spending abroad with spending um, inside and cuts to other things and whatever. Uh, Here's my take. I would say something extreme, and it may not happen, but I would uh, venture to have something where we put a moratorium. Um, I don't know, let's say for every... um, million dollars we give to Ukraine, we have to shut the border down for X amount of days and use like every last bit of manpower to just keep people out of our country so that we have time to process the people that are in the tents, the people that are escaping, the people that are all over. And we have, you know, round the clock uh, protection throughout the border to stop any more from coming in. Um, if, if we could make a deal where they would shut down the border, uh, then I'd say, all right, hey, look, if we got to send a hundred million to Ukraine. Then guess what? It's a lot of days. That's a whole year of border closures. You know, something like that. Uh, I think that would be the the way to go, Michael. Yes, I. That's a good idea. I think, Rich. Yeah, uh, I hope Congress will listen to you. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Every day, I hope Congress will listen to me. I think it'll be a little bit better, uh, but that's just me, and I'm full of myself. Anyway, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it, brother. Big shout out to everybody in Pendleton, Oregon, over on the West Coast, listening on KUMA. Uh, we'll continue with your calls and more straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Voted best head of hair in live late night radio six years in a row. It's Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, America, welcome back. So I want to continue our discussions. Let's go to, uh, let's see, we got Eduardo. Eduardo's in Tampa, Florida, WWTK. Go right ahead. Yeah, Rich, thank you. I'll be in uh, Brazil next week for uh, leisure. Wow, good for you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully it'll work out. Yeah, so first time there, but... um, and uh, first travel since uh, post-COVID, and mostly I've just been doing domestic travel. Wow. Well, be careful. Yeah. You, know, you got to be careful with the yeah. women I mean, over there. Some of them are men. 
<laughs> yeah, I want to come back for uh, Christmas. But let me mention uh, the reason I called was uh, yes. I saw this uh, before getting on you. Uh, the Boston mayor um, talking about, well, we can't have any whites at the Christmas party. You know, she can't go to San Francisco because uh, Mr. Newsom is banning Christmas over there. He's over there talking to Seth Myers about the Republican Party being the root cause of uh, homelessness. But he's the one that shoved them <laughs> to the side when the Chinese premier came over there. So, I mean, yeah, he's talking out of both sides of their mouths. 100%. I mean, about six months ago, we had some expert, uh, non-political guy, just guy was like a PhD in homeless studies or something like that. And um, he, he was explaining exactly how California became number one in homelessness across the country. Like uh, something like a third of all homeless people are in California and like half of them in the whole country are in Los Angeles or vice versa on those stats. But it was something ridiculous like that. And um, he was explaining, you know, how they got there. And I thought to myself, these are the people we don't want to listen to, not the guests per se, but I was saying those who made policy, those who, uh, who thought this was a good idea to just continually overpopulate the uh, underpopulated areas and, and not do anything to spur job growth or economic activity. Voila, that's what you get. You get a barren land if you treat it like such. And that's uh, unfortunate, but that seems to be exactly what Gavin Newsom's done, Eduardo. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Have a great trip. Tudo beleza. I think you're going to have a great time in Brazil. I've known a lot of good Brazilian people over the years. Uh, Godspeed to you, sir. I hope you have a great Christmas. Uh, bon, uh, what did they say? I think they say Bon Natal. Anyway, let's continue. Let's go to, uh, let's see here. Paul, Boise, Idaho. Go right ahead. Thanks for taking my call, Rich. You bet. A um, couple of things. I'll be as quick as I can. One, you're talking about stress reliever for men. Um, I find that this time of year, it is stressful for me. Uh, I belong to a 12-step club. Well, it's a program, but I call it a club. Yeah. And um, I, I double and triple down on my spiritual help that I can get by going there and mixing with other people with the same afflictions and talking about them and getting out of myself. Smart and idea. A step further, I find somebody or some situation like an institute or, or a situation for a family that could use some financial help or some maybe buy, purchase some presents for them so that their kids could have Christmas and do it on the, on the down low so that you don't get any personal credit for it, but you can walk away knowing that they're getting some help that they desperately need at that yeah. particular time of the year. So you don't take credit for it, but you do it anyway. I think it's a great idea. I'm just thinking about, you know, who I could do that for, if I'm able to do that. I think that's uh, very personally gratifying for, for oneself and, uh, and also selflessly gratifying, right? You, you're helping other people to, to do well. And I think that's a good idea. You know, when you're faced with stress, holiday times, whatever it is for me, I like to eat. Right. And I, I struggle with this. I like to eat like like I'm 400 pounds. I like to eat, <laughs> you know, we're talking about arroz con gandule and, you know, just everything that's extremely high carb, high fat, you name it. I want to eat it. And if I ate the way I'd like to, I'd probably weigh 300 pounds. 
And I was almost there when I started my weight loss journey. I was 269 pounds, got down to 199 pounds. And I think today I weighed myself and I was 209 or 210. So I definitely gained about seven or eight pounds in the last uh, few days. But my point here is, uh, yeah, I know what it's like to want to give in to your vices. And good for you that you've got a network, you've got a sponsor, you've got people you can call. Um, I think that's great advice for anybody out there that's listening that, that also has uh, uh, access to that. Great. Go for it. And if you don't, make sure you find it. Make sure you find the support that you need and that's available. Anyway, Paul in Boise, Idaho, thank you very much for your call. KBOI listening online. And we're going to continue with the rest of your calls and more straight ahead. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. We come back to your calls. Uh, let's go to Jane, Saratoga, New York, WGDJ. Jane, what's going on? Hey, hey Rich. No, I just wanted to mention, you talk about the men feeling stressed a lot. And they, from the beginning of time, from the time a guy is like four years old, he's told you're the strong one. You're the one who's going to be in charge. There's a lot of responsibility put on men. And I think women and children, their families, mothers, sisters, they need to look at men, too, and stop during the day. When you see the man you live with, stop and say, how you doing? I just want to, you know, I just want to thank you for who you are. And say things like that and make the other person feel, you know what we used to do with my husband? (laughs) My husband had a temper. And the agreement was, okay, if you're feeling off the rails, write a note on the refrigerator and say, I'm really stressed. Somebody hug me. And we would read the note, and we would go and hug him. And that worked. It really does work with people. You know, Jane, I I agree. I think it's important to acknowledge people. And I also think it's – it's, it's a thing, right? It's a real thing. Even me in my own life, I think about, you know, I get up every day and I talk on the radio. Some people think, oh, this is a big deal. Some people think, ah, you know, whatever. Uh, I tend to think uh, my job is a lot easier than many people, but I realize it's hard for many people to do. I do get that. But I also think, you know what, I think, I think that I use telephone lines, fiber optic cable, that I would not know how to lay if you put a gun to my head, right? People that climb poles 15, 20, 30 feet in the air, people that are in tunnels, Uh, digging holes and trenches beneath just so that I can have the uh, broadcasting capability that I have. And I think that's remarkable. And I'll tell you, whether it's sexist or not, I've never seen a woman do that job. I'm not uh, poo-pooing women. I'm just saying it's men that do that. It's men that go on these big cranes that build these buildings that are skyscrapers in New York City. Uh, These men that are fearless, in my opinion, uh, they are uh, to be thanked. They are to be commended. Uh, Because it's work that I don't know how to do and and have never attempted to do. I don't know how to do it. And 
I, I wouldn't know where to start. And I say, you know, salute to them. So I understand that there's a higher degree of stress there. I also realize that, you know, when you have um, a significant other, whether it's your wife or your girlfriend, you, you know, it, it takes men a longer time, I believe, to, to get um, emotionally intimate, if you will, because I think ultimately it goes beyond, oh, she's really pretty, I like her, maybe one day we'll be uh, married or something. Um, I think it ultimately becomes, you know, you, you kind of subconsciously make a decision that I may have to give my life for this woman one day. And, and you think of it uh, in those circumstances. Now, I don't know if women look at men and say, oh, my gosh, I really like him. I may have to lose my life for him one day. I don't know that they do that. So when you say that there is a, um, a unique pressure on men, I have to agree with you. I think that there is. And um, some of it involves me. Some of it doesn't. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of men that are doing a lot of things that a lot of other men wouldn't do. And uh, for that, I salute them. Jane, thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. Good point. And uh, let's go to Jeff Powell, Wyoming, K-P-O-W. Go right ahead, Jeff, quickly. Um, how are you? <clears throat> and I well, guess, thank you. like, the pressure's on you because did you ever see that Burt Lancaster movie, Valdez is Coming? Oh, yes, Valdez is Coming. I, I remember watching that with my dad when I was a kid. I mean, like, everybody's afraid of you coming. But anyway, what I was mm-hmm. going to talk about is I was a CNA for the state of Wyoming at the Wyoming Retirement Center yeah. during the pandemic. And there was a whole lot of pressure put on. I was in a psych dementia ward um, that was all males, and it was a lockdown unit. Um, it was a lot of pressure because of the mask and stuff. And, and those guys were all Vietnam vets. Like, I think the only thing I could have thought to do worse to them mm-hmm. would have been to put on little black pajamas and a black boonie hat and, and acted like a Viet Cong with an AK-47. Uh, that's tough. You know, Jeff, it's, it's difficult to be around that population, but uh, Godspeed to you for attempting to, to be there for them. I know that it's just not always easy for people to do that. What was the ultimate effect on you? 30 seconds. They were my heroes. And, and, and I felt I owed them because I was too young to go to Vietnam. My dad was a World War II Marine. All right, Jeff, I guess the music scared you. Well, thank you for your service, for your dad's service. I appreciate it. And, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. Until the next time, hasta la próxima. You take care. Good night. And God bless America. I am Rich Valdez. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.